Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This season, we're going all the way back to 2019-2020, and we've picked out one of our absolute favourites. This is what I had to say about it back then. Socios, this is producer Martin here. Welcome to another big interview, this time with the great Robert Snodgrass. Why are you hearing from me and not from the man himself, Graham Hunter? Well, Graham has been travelling for the past 48 hours and has been unable to record his intros, so we thought we would just do it ourselves and get the episode out to you as soon as possible. What can I tell you about this interview? Well, I was in the room for it. We recorded it on Friday the 14th of February at Canary Wharf, and Snoddy is just brilliant from start to finish, talking about his origins growing up in the Gallagher area of Glasgow through Livingston to Leeds to West Ham to Scotland. There is some really, really funny moments where he talks about prank calls. Here is the big interview with Robert Snodgrass. Enjoy. We're high in the sky, high on emotion, high on the the fun of Bringing you the, the, the big interview with Robert Snodgrass. It snods to people, it seems to be. Everything. Wind up. Prankster. Everything. There's just loads. Thank you for introducing that theme. Hi. We, it, it shouldn't be now, because this is a football interview. It's yep. about your beautiful life. Yep. Your character. We're going to have to talk about prank calls. Yeah, you need, you need to. Frank McAvenny sent us a question. Okay, so... If we if we you know if we have to talk about Frank, not a problem. First, it'll be the football, and then it'll be the the, the prank calls. Okay, <laughs> aye. Okay, good. Where are we right now? Describe because this is an audio series. Where are we? Canary Wharf, in between where the tra- training ground West Ham and the centre of London. You look out and you see the, the Thames. You see buildings stretching left, right, and centre. To me, the Thames and, and one of your teammates. Had to suffer me banging on about this until he admitted that he used to he used to pinch big rubber tires, Mark Noble, and go out and, and fish in the Thames or just float along the Thames with his feet in the river. Yes, and that was his chat. But loves it, fishing, and, loves the, it. and the Thames, oh, what, is it not the most beautiful, most outrageous river in the whole wide world? If you think about all the history that's happened on that river uh, as we look out on it, we're, we're in a real, I think we're in a really special place right now. Just got similarities to the Glasgow Clyde right now. Um, ah. Galanga Docklands right now, so why is this <laughs> it's the exact same view? Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Is it, a, is it a good left foot 
that gets you from the Gallagate to here? Um, I've said this many times. Um, sometimes I've been having bad games or you know, not really been in the game, and it might be sort of get back to your your, your days of you know just kicking the ball off the wall, hitting targets. You know, then it gets bigger targets, then it's like moving, and then you start to get sort of coached and different things, and then people can see that ah, you can you can play. But one thing. My old man overplayed that much with his weaker foot that he became came right footed, do you know what I mean? So having initially been, yes, been like left, you outstanding yeah, left, yep. he worked so hard that his right became his so stronger. You, so your, old, your, old, your old man end up he, he, he kinda teaches you along the way to try and he try and do that. But the, the listen, I always had in my head I was saying, Dad, listen, I'll be honest with you, I, I trust my left foot, do you know what I mean? I trust it. Uh, so I, I want to I want to use it, that's what's got me the assists, that's what's got me the goals. And and over the years that's what's probably dug me a few holes as we'd say sort of having a, a bad game and uh, you know you, I get one chance and well, the next thing you know it's an assist or a, or a goal and I firmly believe everywhere I've been I've done that so if you want to put it down to sort of having a left foot or having the brain to try and do it then, then so be it That's what I was probing for because it's been a long successful journey now we get listeners from all over the world in this series we've had about 14 million listens overall very few of them will have grown up in the Gallagher very few of them will know about Barlands or the Barras. Or can can you evoke it? Can you describe where you grew up, where you were born, what it was like, to the extent that people can you know imagine it or feel that they're there? I'll try my very best, but I'd, honestly, until if, until you're from there, you 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 won't realise what actually goes on. It was a very very hard upbringing. You know, until I listened to. Uh, the great comedian Kevin Bridges he says it get voted the most friendliest place in Europe but the biggest crime rate and he says it's the only place in the world where they stab you then give you directions to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> I thought do you know what that's Kev that's exactly it obviously it goes back deeper and the gangs all over Glasgow and I know it sounds a bit cheesy here but when I was growing up you could just you could see lads when a ball came out it was weird. It was if like, it just stopped. You know what I mean? And it was like, no, it's football, and this is it. And and they'll put the, the rivalry back, or fighting, and all this stuff. Just um, a wee bubble of, of yeah. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do it after. So f- for me, it, it was the sort of the toughest place. There was you know there was sort of no doors in the building as you're walking into your uh, the blocker four where I live. Your window goes goes in for kids playing football in the street, which we've done many times. There's a bit of wood on it. It's no replaced. Rough upbringing, um, which was in your area was surrounded by other areas uh, um, that was, was involved in the exact same thing. I was for the East End of Glasgow. I'm proud to be for there. It's what's made me the person I am. And there's, everybody speaks about an education, a streetwise. And the streetwise education has probably got me to where I am just now. And this is um, this is probably why I'm... I'm here talking to you just now. In, that, in, a, in a good family like you had, uh, in, in an area where there's, there's, there's proper diamond people, proper people, but it, it's bumpy because some people don't know better or there's gangs and there's allegiances or there's religion you know, between parts of the East End that, that differs. And when did you find something out for yourself that taught you that you were going to make it through that or that you were strong or how did, when did you first become streetwise? It's, it's quite hard to sort of answer because I felt as if there was that that many to be honest with you I felt there was loads I felt as if there was there was so many times where I could have went drink with my mates in the street I never I chose football I'm, I'm sort of not ashamed to say it my dad was a recovering alcoholic he grew up sort of in, in, in the um, the streets and the way sort of he's turned everything round for sort of my family and he showed me the pathway that that wasn't and, and to be honest the, the, the best thing for, for me was realising when I went in to full time football when I went to Livingston because I thought you know to be a footballer you cannot 
touch a drop of alcohol, you can't do anything. Obviously, you go in and, and, and the lads are going out at the weekend and mm-hmm. different things, and, and then you have a few drinks and you realise pressure's off us, isn't it? What it is, you know, it's um, you can sort of enjoy yourself from time to time. And, and, and I think the biggest thing, to be honest with you, is, is doing it at the right times, you know. I thought playing football was just everybody dreamed of sort of playing the big stadiums, and uh, you know, it's um, and, and the first thing I say is, you know, I want to try and get my mum and dad a, a house. That's that was it, it wasn't it. I want to get my car or any different things like that. It was nothing like that because we didn't know any different, you know. We never knew anything. It was just that was what it was. That, that was an ambition when you were a kid. That that was an ambition when I was a kid because I grew up in a family where we weren't blessed with sort of saying that you know you had money to do this or that. It was if it was my brother working, then he would he would help it. My sister was a massive help on sort of getting football boots or clothing or different things we needed. We never had any travel. Nobody in the family had a car or drove anything. So if I was getting anywhere, it was taxis or, or buses as sort of the older I got to go into uh, clubs and stuff. And then players that I played with, mums and dads that you probably know, James MacArthur, Graham Dorns, his family. And their mum and dads were a massive help for me. So good. And the coaches, the, the, the local guys all around, just noticing that Listen, there's probably a little diamond in the rough here and, and maybe he could do something himself. But nobody ever thought at that point, to be honest with you, that you're going to go and try and play at any sort of level. So is, is, I interpret it as been a mix of, exactly going back to what you talked about, not just East End of Glasgow, but lots of parts of Scotland, whereby we can be a bit rough, we can be caustic, you know, we can be downright bad, but there is an instinct that seems to be in our blood because I'm not sure it actually gets taught about if you can do somebody a good turn. If, they're, if you think they're all right... You've got out of your way to do them a good turn. So these people that you've mentioned, their parents or coaches or whatever, they saw a talent in you, but presumably they were reaching out to help your guide you or drive you or do something. Yeah. Just out of goodness too. Yeah, of course. It was all goodness because it was like, they, they knew that this boy can play and he's close to my son, you know, and he's, and he's, a, he's a nice lad. I was always... <sighs> I'd, I'd always sort of be a, a sort of lovable rogue where it was like you're always up to mischievous stuff and always this and that but I'll be honest with you I, I was brought up in a family I never had one single bad bone in my body I couldn't I couldn't be bad to anybody. I was just sort of a loyal family who would do anything for you. That's where we were from, the streets. They would always let you away with just a little bit more, a little bit more because, you know, you just know you just loved having a laugh and loved having fun and, and that, was, that was what it was about for me. What's it like when you play on a Premier League surface? Say, pick your favourite Premier League surface. Which one would it be? What does it feel like underfoot? What does it look like? What does it smell like? Because the surface matters to you, right? A player of your ability. Yeah, of course. Everybody does. Uh, And I think that the first time I played at the Emirates, I think that was like every sort of one of four, they had the the touchy Astro. Now the Astro tough in it, do you know what I mean? It made it smooth and and, it, and that that pitch for me was 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 perfection. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, no, no excuses, there's no there's no divots, none of this. And uh, you know that was a that was a special feeling, and it was like you know both sets of sides playing, and, and it was great. You know it was um, it was very very good because um, we we trained on uh, we trained on Astro tough at Livingston for four or five years. Um, that was your training pitch, you know. So. There's a lot of talk in Scotland just now about they're trying to get a petition to get it get it out. Basically, we trained on that every day, you know. So boys were getting injured on the sort of on the regs bit, but it was um, I, I think just just having any pitch. We, we grew up in Red Ash. T- t- well, tell us about your because that's the contrast. Red, Red the Ash. journey's big, so w- we know what Red Ash is. Explain it to the, to the Red, listeners. Red Ash, like the red gravel. It's like grit. It's um, it's what you put the side of the road. Sometimes you know what I mean. We're playing on that and. Um, 
you're coming is it in. better when it's summer uh, and it'll just dr- you, you slide for 20 feet or in winter <laughs> where it'll actually rip you down to the bone because it's that oh, hard which, which kind of pain do you, you prefer on the winter place? It's, it's like third degree burns every slide tackle you're making so to be honest it's, um, it's tough because my brother used to get in my, my brother's a videographer you know he's always in his camera and different things and um, he's, he's doing really well with that and, and for an early age he was always videoing the games to show my, my old dear and stuff you know and, and he's got some games where I must have been about probably say about five feet five or something five feet six for a sort of early age I'm just pushing kids out the way and, and you know it was as if like he's a ringer do you know what I mean he is a ringer and, 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 I, and I was that size I was sort of bigger and, and just going through and scoring and scoring and scoring and do you know what I mean and, and it was it, it was Listen, it was brilliant. Do you know what I mean? I remember the the very first the very first game I played. It was like a competitive game. You know what I mean? For sort of playing with your mates, sitting in school, and 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 the, the teacher came. Um, he says, Robert, listen, you've been called to the the, the PE, whatever you know, St Anne's uh, doing, doing the Gallagher, and says, yep, no problem. Uh, went down. I'm in primary three. It was the youngest ever P three to play at primary seven level. But it was a rivalry game, St Anne's v St Michael's. The teacher says, listen, have you got any football boots? I went, no. He went, have you any shin guards? I went, no. <laughs> and, then, and he went, well, listen, we need a player let to play. I heard you can play. Somebody's been saying you can play. You know what I mean? And I thought, this is it. This is the, this is the chance. So I've played in my trainers on the red ash. Away we go. We, we won 4-2 four, four, against St Michael's. Um, scored two. And I just feel at that point, I thought, this is this is what I want to do, do you know what I mean? This is exactly it. And then you sort of go through the gears. And, and, and that school coach was the one who remained with me all the way through the journey, you know? He was the one that used to drive me through. and Brilliant. He was the one that used to do everything. And Game dies without people like him. Yeah, Colin. Do you want to name him? Colin Syme, yeah, Colin Syme. I think Sime. he should be um, named. He should be named. I've spoken about him in several several times, um, and he was the guy that took me as far as he could take me. But he stayed the the, the full journey. Do you know what I mean? And, it, and it's just it's stuff that like that you appreciate. He's he's close with my mum and dad, and do you know what I mean? Just brilliant um, class. You've also told so if that was you playing against guys who were four years older than you, and um, they couldn't have enjoyed the experience of losing to a P three. It's, it's barely even credible when you say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. You, didn't you construct a picture of your own, your brothers? You? Yeah, that's 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 true. Me and my two brothers. I think um, growing up in the Gallagher, there was there wasn't the only thing we had was Crown Point, um, which is a it's a pay. Yeah, it's you a need pay. Get on and different things. It's a local council service where there's maybe. Yes. Football pitches and I don't yeah. know if there's other types of pitches. Running, there's a running track, running track there's a five-side yeah. part, there's, there's loads of different things. We used to play our home games there for Kelton, and that's where, for me, I was like, let's go, man. Out we go, built the, um, the, the football park, me and my brothers, and, and it was like... What, in scrubland or what? No, just grass, just grass out the back on the hills, away we go, build um, some two-by-twos, four-by-fours, um, some netting. Uh, we cut off the scaffold that they were building something down, and it was like green netting, and, and it was it was perfect when it's made it feels like heaven when oh, you're young and you've got an actual goal and a net 80 percent of fights growing up in Glasgow was the jumpers no that was a goal no it wasn't it, it was over his sleeve no, was it was the two high. jumpers and I'm thinking the amount of arguments you had about that and I, you see VAR and goal line technology yeah. that. <laughs> that's exactly what it was so they were like Stotley Park cinema at the Gallagher the swagger must have been there because if you're known in the neighbourhood as the kid that can play you maybe get a bit of a free pass from. I'm not just talking about the gangs, but you can walk tall in the neighbourhood if you can play in Scotland. I think it. I think it helped massively. Um, everywhere you went, you know, it was always and there's a 
you know, you see the sort of Glasgow people, uh, there's always a... Glasgow people are the best at giving you credit but putting you down, I've ever seen. Honestly, I swear, I've not seen my brothers in months upon months. I walk in the house and see they going, how are you, how's the kids? They go, what about that chance you missed in the 65th minute? I swear, so when, so, so when you're growing up, it's like, oh, I heard, you, I heard you're the, the little lad who is playing or whatever. Yeah. And then in, in, in the same sentence, it's like, you know, a lot of people don't make it for where we're from. Yeah. And it's like, I loved that for me growing up. I loved it. I loved it. I loved every single thing where somebody saying to me, you're not good enough. You'll never make it. You can't do this. You can't do that. I just, honestly, I loved it. It drove me forward. Well, pushed down. Yeah, it drove, it drove me forward to say, I'm going to show every single person that you're wrong. I don't, I don't care. And, and listen, see if I never, see if I never made it. Um, and then... I just don't know why to look back and say it'd be any fault of mine. Where does that I mean? come from? I don't know. I just, do you think I, we've got it more as a nation, the Scots? No, thing? listen, I, I genuinely think it's a lot to do with your upbringing. I do. If, you, if you've been brought up, and no disrespect, if you've been brought up with you're, you know, you're getting money off your family and, and you, know, you don't need to get work or different things, uh, and it's like, it's, it's a very difficult mental approach where you, it's like, um, you need to feed yourself. Do you know what I mean? This is it. Like, um, many times where I'd turn around and Say my mum and dad, you know, a couple of lads at school, or, you know, getting money for uh, lunch or different things. She was like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like we've not got money. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've got brothers, and, you've got brothers and sisters, and that is what it is. So there's a drive inside. There's a, there's an ambition, and, and, and there's, there's sort of in you that's like, listen. All, 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 I, all I thought about was, was, was just wanting to kick the ball about my, uh, my, my friends and different things. And then before you know it, it's just a dream of playing football. It's a dream. Let's be honest. It's no saying. I'm going to get there or anything like that. But as people start to tell you, you start to believe, coaches start to tell you, and you then start to think, I must have a chance here, you know? I must have a real chance. And that's all you've got. So same when you see young kids growing up, so many parents involved, there's, there's, there's different things telling lads about book deals, there's, um, there's some agents in there in it for sort of the wrongdoings. And, and I just think, you know, just let the kid play and let everything else just... There's too, too many beaks in the trough. Of course there is. And then this idea that if somebody's got a special talent, or even if they've got a chance of making it, that should be the number one priority for everybody to push. And then you can argue about the, the percentages later. There's too many people who don't think like that. You know, we've got socios. On daily, could you ask Snoddy, how good was David Fernandez at Livy? And uh, also, have you ever come close to joining Owen's uh, club Celtic? First off, I'll start with Fernandez. He was he was brilliant. He came over and and, and he was um, he was so good with the ball. His feet like a close control number ten, where nobody could get off him. As soon as he gets hit, he gets back up. Um, and for everyone of us, is a, is a young. We used to just admire him. You know, when when sort of you, were, I was seeing that I was like a number ten midfielder coming in off off the wing. Like it was just like, do you know what I mean? It was like I I loved players like that, where I was just like he. he it's like they give the ball to him because they know he could be the he could be the difference, okay. um, and and in that sort of respect thing, um, the players and they had a trust of of him, you know, um, and and I sort of when I went in, I'd be I'd, I would be lying to you, so I said I'd only try and replicate a lot of the things that that he done because he he was great for 
for us inspiring to sort of say, you know, this is this is what it takes to get in there. You know what I mean? It's and like, inspiring to living in Scotland, it, if to, to, to go there, show your stuff, to say, okay, this is still the same game. Everything around it is so different from where he's brought up. Do you remember the keeper Sanchez Brotto? I him? do, yeah. Well, he was the first one that came in to Scotland where he was doing the... Remember the, the sign-winder kick that they all, all the keepers do? He was the first I'd ever seen do that in um, Scotland. And he came to Livingston and uh, what a keeper. So good, trying to play his kicks and different things, just small details. And, and then you sort of, as the game sort of develops, you realise what they were probably doing years advanced uh, in Spain is what we're sort of uh, trying to get around to. But he's not... Ten players plus a keeper. Yeah. In theory, there's eleven players. Yeah, of course. Whatever the keeper can do to influence a game yeah. or bring yeah. his brain, not just his saves into it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's yeah, his yeah, school. Yeah. And taking like uh, possession boxes all over the park, and if you can use that sort of man as a you know the extra man in this, um, we obviously strikers try to you know, close you down, and if you use the keeper as much as you can, that's the way the games. That's exactly where the games went now, and and, and I think it's. Um, it's great for the sort of the neutral and everybody. But one of the things I always say is you need to come out for the very start and say, this is what we're doing. Because as soon as you, it doesn't go right, you've got a crowd, get it in the mix. Or how many times have I get it up the park? And we're it's so like, impatient, eh? Yeah, we're that's, really impatient. But listen, if, if, if you come out for the very start and say, this is what I'm doing, this is the way I'm going to do it, and that's it. You need to, you need to buy them. I think they will. And, and the Celtic. Answer. Yes. No. Listen. There was there was there's been a few times where it could have happened. I was, I was listen. I'm, I'm not going to deny the fact. I'm a sort of boyhood Celtic fan. I've watched them since I was a, you know when I was young and. It was a game where you know somebody's got a spare ticket outside the ground. They would give you and, and you're in. Do you know what I mean? And, and that just the roar and everything and supporting and you know what I mean. It was just a, it was a special feeling. It's, it's such a uh, great behind the goal club. jungle. We were everywhere. We were we were on guys' shoulders and cheering and you know sometimes you're doubling up on seats because you're two like you're, you're two mates and you've you've gotten to the game and then they let you in after forty five. You know it's just just that feeling um, and it was. It was a special sort of feeling, and you get a chance to sort of see what it was all about, you know. And uh, I think my very first one of my first games against them, Celtic were four 0 up at Almondville, and Chris Sutton knocked me out with an elbow in the first thirty minutes. Pure accident. Running by him, and he just went bosh. There you go. Take that. And I was thinking to myself, he's just knocked me out at four 0 Like, what has he got again for that? Like, do you know what I mean? That that thing, and it is just like. But that was a ruthless side. You know what I mean? They had hearts in. Uh, Sutton, Marson, it was just, it was a special team, do you know what I mean? Is there a wee midfielder? What was his, is he not just about the best player that they've had in the modern era? Moravchik? Oh, Jesus, he was, he was amazing. I think he used to take the corners with both feet and just like, as if it was just, just a norm. Um, and you're thinking, what, what, what foot is he, does he play with, do you know what I mean? Just special. Um, some of the, uh, the talent they've had early years has, has been incredible. It's quite famous that when you get a chance to the Rangers Boys Club or a Rangers affiliate, you've got a Celtic shorts and you've got the and some kind of mad Celtic top underneath your yeah, training gear. Which the, is what do you call it? The the Bumblebee. Remember the, the Bumblebee? Bumblebee yeah. remember? I do remember, but not not fondly, obviously. Yeah, yeah you know, no, I understand that. Bullets to Celtic, bullets to Rangers. Yeah, that is fine. Two, two, two European stars. Yeah, exactly. The mighty but I've I've heard you plead. So we're retrying this case. Is what I'm saying. I've heard you plead that that was the only kit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't turn up to Rangers training in Celtic shorts yeah. and a Celtic bumblebee top I know. there has to be an element of I'll two be, fingers to you. You, you you would say that but I did you, you, you would say that but I'll be honest with you I, I had a plan <laughs> <laughs> 
Rangers were sponsored by Nike back then. I used to get free kit. I had, I had my shorts. I had the, I had my plan. I was thinking, right, these shorts are for my big brother. This one, really? they're putting their orders in. And I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to get signed here. But the family needs to be kitted out yeah. with some night gear. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? respect. So that was it. That was a good time. And it was, you know, Rangers, they, they just went through the where they introduced Murray Park and all that, you know, yep. and they were trying to get the talent through and all that stuff. And they did some of the talent came through there. It was, it was exceptional. But listen, I, I, I took my, my youth team at Livingston um, over them um, and Celtic because we were beating them all, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. We had some good players. And, and, and Livingston, they, they, they gave me a promise. They said to me, I want you in the first team when you're 16. And Dominic Keane and uh, Wally Hockey involved. And he says, listen, I we want you in. And, and that's what happened. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Leeds. Yes. You introduced Leeds uh, when we were um, chatting off Mike about the, the special nature of the club and allegedly, I don't know if they're still selling um, keep calm and give it to Snodgrass t-shirts <laughs> Do you have one? No, no, no Should we just keep I'm calm and give anything. everything to you? Yeah. <laughs> that was um, Leeds yeah. One of the things that I love is I grew up I'm much, much, much older than you I grew up just doting on Eddie Gray Aye. Just the most magical footballer yeah. And he'd have been in and around That area of the club at the time that you were there He praised you highly He said, you know, when they were naming their team of the decade He talked about you As not only the best player Of this decade But Leeds' best player since they were relegated From the Premier League in 2004 What was the experience? Why Leeds? What did it feel like? When you went there, I am. Um, first and foremost, I want to tell you how I got there because it's it actually a good story. <laughs> and I want, I want to tell you because I want to tell you from from my side what I experienced, and it was um, it was something that I'd, I'd never experienced, and, and I'd done I'd done well. And one of my ex 
teammates, a guy called Lee Matthews, who's now my agent, and he runs SMI agency. He was, uh, was my teammate, I was his first player, he was the best man at my wedding, and he played with Leeds. With Gary Kelly, Ian Hart, got some bad injuries. He already had a love for Leeds United, mm. you know. So just by chance, Gary Mack was the manager, Gary McAllister. He phones, uh, he says, listen, he says, uh, Gary Mack's going to give you a phone. I says, Jesus, absolute Scotland legend here. I'm thinking, he's going to phone them. I'm thinking, oh, no, all right, no worries. Getting ready for the phone call and all that stuff. He says, listen, he wants to take you down there for a week to see what you're all about. As a person, because there was a lot of talk about, as I said to you, about four, with a sort of, he, he came through an era where at Livingston, John Robertson and, and all the lads who I, f- I fell out with. I fell out with all them and, and, and had, you know, massive, uh, like Barnley's with all them and all that stuff because I, I, I wanted to play my way and, and then they wanted something else, you know, that's what I'll put it down to. They, they, they seen it a different way and, and, and he forced me out on loan at that point. He was like, no, no, it'd be best for you to go on loan. Go on loan, yes, go on loan. And I was like, okay, no worries, fine. Successful time, got promoted, came back, had a good season, Matt Proctor, scored, uh, it was 10, 11 goals, 14, 15 assists, I'm thinking, Graham Dons went to West Brom, and this was this was it, that was a chance to go, phone rings, Gary Mack, Robert, how you doing, what I take you doing for a week? I says, nope, I'm not coming, I've got a daughter, who's, who's very young, um, and I've got security, I've got MK Dons there, who what he offered me the contract, I can't get him for a week, and you're saying, you know, that, um, you know, the, the contract, it's not there just now, I want you doing for a week. I says, um, I can't do it. And he must have been thinking, he's actually not back Leeds United, you know? Mm. Um, he's 18 year old, I think it was at the time. But there was no contract for MK Dons. I've blagged it. Mm. I've absolutely blagged it. I thought, let's do it. Let's, let's see what's happening here. <laughs> I've never told Gary Mack this story, so if you want to tell him, tell him. And, uh, we'll put you in touch. Yeah, and then phone rings after I obviously hang up the phone. D. Mattel for MK Dons. No, I swear. I find two legends the one day. That was enough. Even if I didn't sign my fault, I've spoke to the two lads there. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm back up and to living. That's brilliant. So he goes, uh, he goes, Robert, what do you run the hundred meters in? Because I like my wingers to be fast. I did not know what to say at that point. And the first thing that came to me was a track to the Kelton, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I went, I don't know. I'll go down the track and I'll let, I'll let you know. <laughs> I says, I'll give you a shout back. And he must have been thinking, is this guy weighing me up here? Do you know what I mean? I went, I don't know what I run the 100 metres in. So I thought, oh, Jesus. I went, I've, you know, I've, I've messed things up with him now. You know what I mean? He doesn't know what he, does he know what you run the 100 metres in. I was thinking, nobody had ever said that to me before because I thought, you know, you got to score goals or you got to create or whatever. 100 metres. And I thought, Jesus. And then my agent thought me done that. Plans worked. Gary Mack wants to offer you a four-year deal. And I thought, beautiful. Yeah, beauty. I, honestly, I couldn't have told him I ran the 100 metres, but I could have told him I ran 200 mile in because I ran to Leeds to sign that deal. It was brilliant. He, he, he came to me sort of two months two months in, Gary Mack, and, and listen, I hit the ground running. I was scoring goals and different things. And, and he says, listen, I want to apologise to you. I says, why? He says, because I listened to other people's perception on what you are as a lad, on what you, where you were probably from, and every single thing you've done since you've come down here, you've been a breath of fresh air. And I didn't have anybody sort of say that these, those words to me, do you know what I mean? And I thought, you beauty, do you know what I mean? Like You're doing the right things, Robert. You know, you moved away from home, you were sort of 19, you went down there all on your own. I had a kid back home, and my missus and my wife were with just now. It was a, a test as such, you know. Can you cope down there? Can you, can you do the sort of the big boys playground and go down there and make a name for yourself and one thing that was firm in my head I did not want to combat a failure 
through any any fault of my own, you know. Any it. any Scotsman that leaves home, he, he always leaves home to better himself, and that's what I say all the time. And, and that's the that's the truth, you know. You, you you get you get sort of one chance to dance, and 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 I grab that chance because when you've got the likes of Eddie Gray and, and Lorimer and stuff, you know, putting their arm around you, and you need to extend a welcome. Uh, to unbelievable, team. honestly, yeah. you you would not even imagine and. Just even that, I phoned my old man, you wouldn't even believe who I spoke to today. And these, these type of guys, and even all the old legends run about the, in match day. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, it was, it was probably, um, that was that was the making of me, that, that, that club, you know. They, they, they turned me into a man, they, um, they, they, they gave me everything. I, you know, I left there as captain, it was, it was one of the hardest decisions. Um, that I had to make still to this day Gary Mike left sort it of didn't go well, four, did. four months into the job yep. and I think that season I scored 11 I got 19 assists so I was involved in 30 goals and that for me going down there as an unknown to them singing your name you see them with Snodgrass jerseys and different things that I, I, I sort of a massive club you know what I mean a giant of a club don't get me wrong, you, you say it yourself, sorry, you go League One, they're sleeping jacks, but they were still 30 odd thousand every week, and then some of the bigger games, Boxing Day against Leicester, I scored the last minute goal to get a draw, and it took us in that sort of that playoff, and, and it was like 40 something thousand, it was, it was incredible, you know. And you left them with a playoff semi final and then going up? Yeah. You yeah. left them in the championship, and you yeah, gave them a turn. Yeah. Who's the best manager you've played for, for whatever uh, reason? Different managers bring different qualities in, in my opinion for me Gordon Strachan was, was getting it right at Scotland um, when, I, when I was there he, he was doing things the right way did he probably leave too soon I, I think definitely and um, I think if he would have kept on going the way he was going when I first came in I, I felt as if you know we, we were making progress and I, and I felt as if he was trying to step outside the box for the sort of Scotland way and sort of playing 4-5-1 sit behind the ball and, 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 and the the, the one that's probably grinding results out, um, 1-0 victories, Italy's France, different things like that, you know, we have moments of quality for McFadden or, you know, last minute headers for Steve McManus or Caldwell or different things like that and uh, I, I genuinely think that he was a great manager, I think he could have stepped, you know, Scotland in the right direction uh, if he'd have stayed on. What's the best goal you've scored in your career so far? The best goal I've scored, probably say the Premier League goal I scored, I've reversed it. It wasn't my favourite goal, but up until when I actually sat and thought about it, uh, the West Ham game would be beat Palace. No any sort of didn't take any playoffs or then he didn't want it. it was just that it was a feeling where I'd scored that first Premier League goal for West Ham where it was a it was a it was a great, it was a special feeling. It was it was a, a magnificent feeling where I didn't think I would be in this situation again mm. at this club. And then to turn things around, then to score that goal, it just shows you that you know if if you stick to what you believe in, you stick to your morals and a drive and ambition to kind of to take one step back, to take two steps forward. I, I felt as if I I done that in my um, my career at that point. Talk goals. I'm sad it wasn't the winner against Croatia, who you seem to have something personal against because. Like some of the best results Scotland have had in recent years is beating a squad that eventually would go on and be runners up in the World Cup okay, four years later. Yeah. Uh, but you got the winner, what, in the away game, am I right? Or? The winner on the away game, and then me and Stephen Naismith scored in the, the home game, we beat them 2-0. Um, Big scalps to take yeah, that. Con- convinced, convincingly. There's just that, that sort of feeling alone. I think the game before that, I get, I get sent off. So I owed the team one. We were beating Wales 1-0, um, and I made a of tackles, and I get sent off, probably... Um, first or second time in my career I've been sent off and then 
I said, well, you know, I, 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 all, the, all the boys won, you know, to get the winner. Your, your love of the phone prank calls. Yes. Of those you can share, which has been the best? There was me and uh, there, was a, there was a footballer who's one of, my, one of my best mates. He was a uh, usher at my wedding, a boy called Scott McLaughlin, who had a great, listen, he had a great career. He had about 600 games and played with Livingston, um, through the sort of the low leagues in Scotland. And he's, a, honestly, his voices are amazing, you know. <laughs> and and we, we, pranked, we pranked everybody. We had an ex-teammate of ours um, who was, was was coming through and, he, and his dad's got shares in at St Johnson boys called Scott Finlay um, and he was keeper so every single time I'm pranking anybody on the phone it's listen I'll be honest with you you say I'm a bad lad I'm <laughs> I honestly easily led right because <laughs> everybody goes a big you? boy phoned him and ran away listen, is that right? oh listen snods <laughs> I've got this guy here I want you to phone him and I'm like Give the number. I'm not even hesitating. Just give me the number, and I'll think of a story in my head at the time. <laughs> so I says, let's let's go. So his dad at the time was quite successful, and he ran a lot of events and different things, you know. Um, so we rang him up, me and Scott. And this was a daily thing. This happened every single day, and I thought I I, I didn't care who I was hurting in the process. I thought I, I need to I need to laugh. I I, I love laughing, so I thought, <laughs> and I don't want to stop. So I thought, let's do it. And uh, phoned him up and he says, uh, how you doing, Scott? Events team or whatever. We want to uh, bring um, Sugar Ray Leonard to you know, the events with your dad and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> so he's, he's come in hook like Zinker thinking, Sugar Ray Leonard is coming to Perth. He's sh- Sugar Ray's coming to Perth. So we were thinking to ourselves, so we had him, hook line Zinker, and uh, we says, <laughs> for, for, for an hour fee, you and your old man or whatever it was, we says, uh, We'll get Mike Tyson there as well. <laughs> so, so he's he's went for his one phone call, thinking Sugar Ray's coming, Mike Tyson's <laughs> coming, and he's getting a one-on-one with Mike Tyson. <laughs> and it was just you know just the, just like creating that in your head. It was it was amazing, and and we, we went through the that was just the start. We went through the uh, the gears, you know. But D- Jimmy Brillard done him as well. I said to Jimmy, he was going on Sky Sports Game Changers when he came out the jungle, and he was getting up and he was dressing up as a. A big furry bear because <laughs> he had uh, he had he had an argument in the uh, in the jungle with one of the one of the lads in there and and everybody online I think was calling him a big bully so he was saying Jimmy you're a bully you know that the kids younger and all that stuff so I phoned him and this again was somebody else and somebody went listen I've got Jimmy Bullard's number here do you want to ring him Casey his number give me it I'll ring him so there we go I, I, I rang him and I says Jimmy I says listen I says um, it's uh, how you doing, Jim? It's uh, Ian Jenkins here. How are you? <laughs> and he's and he's in. He's he is hook line sinker, and uh, he goes, um, "Oh, I might work in a day for you." Oh, oh. And I says, uh, "And I says to him, I says, uh, listen, we want you to dress up as a big furry bear, come out in Sky Sports Game Changers.'" And he goes, "Well, I'm not saying no to that." He says, uh, "But have you got any consecutive work?" I says, "Well, there's loads of different animals you can dress up." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm no joke. I'm interested also is letting people know about the Premier League, what it's like, the things that we don't see, because it's really well packaged and it's put up all there and it's in its shiny casing and all that. The biggest thing I always um, wanted to do when I was um, playing was try and go through the gears or sort of saying, right, well, you know, you go through League One or you're playing all the different um, levels and you get to the you get to the Premier League and you go, This is this is where the big boys this is where the big boys are at, you know, and you sort of say to yourself, right, Rob, you, you, you go with the flow, you know, we get a chance, let it pass you by, but to say, oh, you've played in the Premier League, 
But for me, it was um, it was something different, you know. I, I just felt as if you came up against, you know, your your, your top um, your top players, your Steven Gerrards. You see him. You see. Gareth Bale, you know, sort of the big names, and you say to yourself, Jesus, you know, these boys are, you know, they're at the very top in their game. But in that team that they're playing, that people don't realise, every single person in that team are top players, but doing their jobs to make those guys are what they are, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know. And they do that a little bit different, and I thought, well, God bless you, you can float by, you can play the game, whatever it was, I just thought, I have to do something different, you know. I need to be, you know, somebody who gets on the set pieces and, and and tries to shoot for angles or you know do something different. You know, I started to add things into my game where it was, you know, nutrition. How can I then, you know, get my body fat uh, really low? How can I get my mental focus on saying? You know how can I get sort of five to ten goals? Um, you know how, how, what? Then you start comparing yourself with these lads and going, how can I then try and be like them? Don't get me wrong, you'll never ever get like them. But when I got my move to Hull, I was I was one of the high school midfielders, and I came back for a sixteen-month injury at that point, which a lot of people probably won't know still probably to this day. But yeah, I did, and 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 that surgeon told me that day, Robert, if you get back to any sort of level. You've done well, and and I thought your roots kind of come back in at that point, and you go. And I looked at him and I thought, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's what that's what you, that's what you're telling everybody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to show you, and I'm going to get back to a level, and I'm going to push on, and I'm going to get to the, you know, the heights of the Premier League. Because I'll be honest, that season I was in the Premier League. I played 25 minutes in the, in, the, in the game, got relegated that season, played 25 minutes, my dad's 70th birthday, had a party organised for him, remember it as if it was yesterday, and that feeling to somebody say to you, you're it for six months, to then say to you, no, you're it for 16 months, mm. and you're probably not going to play at any sort of level, that feeling is is what a lot of the lads speak about mental health right now, and yeah. different things, Yeah, that is, that's one of the, the worst feelings that you could go through. Lonely. What do you do? Sink or swim? Do you feel sorry for yourself? Hit the drink? Do what you need to do? I never touched a drop of alcohol for two years, and I thought, Right, if you're not going to come back again, comes back to your roots. Don't be like any fault of your own. Go, puff your chest out, and try and be the best person you can be, and lead by example to every one of your teammates who are going through injury at the exact same time. Do everything you can possibly do. You're getting home at seven o'clock at night. You've got your kids there. You're you're, you're leaving the, uh, the swimming pool stinking of chlorine, different things, and you know it needs to start all over again in the morning. You get through the full season, get relegated, no kick the ball. I remember in the changing room, the lads down. All over the place, and I went, Well, cheers, I've just got a 50% deduction of my wage. I said, Because he used last season, you know, every one of the lads were laughing and thought, Fuck me, that guy is just, you know, he's just took a massive hit. And then the next day, they were away on holiday, and I had to go down back to work, back to work, back to the everyday graph way, sort of get myself fit, no knowing if I'm going to come back again. But everything that was in my head, I had a sniff of the Premier League, but I always thought, what would they top boys do? What would they do, you know? But you can only be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel as if I did max you know, my career up until now. Where I f- and I still, and I can look you in the eye and say to you, I'm still doing that. I'm still driving to be a better player. Thanks for your generosity. Thank you.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.